Welcome. I'm Paul Bishop, your host for this installment of Six Gun Justice Conversations. These are bonus downloads where my co-host Richard Prosh or I get to hang around the virtual Six Gun Justice podcast corral, talking with friends and fellow writers who are also fans of the Western genre. With me today is Western wordslinger Lane Warinsky, author of the 12-book Grizzly Killer series, which he began in 2016. The first book in the series, Grizzly Killer, The Making of a Mountain Man, was named by True West Magazine as Best Frontier Fiction in their annual Best of the West Roundup in January 2017. The latest Grizzly Killer novel, Hell on the Horizon, was released last month by Wolfpack Publishing and already has over 120 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lane is also the author of the standalone novel Trail of the Vanished, a suspenseful mashup of the wilderness survival and time travel genres. Living in a log home in Duchesne County, Utah, gives Lane an unrestricted view of the highest peaks in the mighty Uinta Mountains. He is proud of his pioneer heritage and has a deep and abiding love and respect of the outdoors, hunting, fishing, and camping across the mountains of the West. Hello, friend. Hi, how are you today? I'm great. All of this survival background hunting, fishing, camping stuff makes me feel very ill-prepared. <laughs> I did my camping in Boy Scouts, but that was about it. If it doesn't say Sheraton or better on the side, I don't go anymore. I take it you still do a lot of the outside adventures? I do. Hunting, fishing, camping is still our number one pastime. We love the mountains. We love the outdoors. When you say we, are you talking about your wife and other family members? My wife and I, we love to camp. We have four grown children and grandchildren, and we all love the outdoors. We love the mountains. Living in a log home. Tell me about that. I'm from California. We don't have log homes here. It was something I've always wanted to do was build a log home. My early background was in construction. And so about 15 years ago, we bought some acreage here in Duchesne County, Utah, and I built the home. We love it here. It's a very remote area that we live in. So when you say log home, I'm assuming that's different than log cabin. Not really. I would refer to it as pretty much the same thing. It's a couple of thousand square feet. It's not huge. It's great for my wife and I. That's wonderful. You were in construction early in your career. Is that what you did for a living? It is. I was a home builder for many years until this tends to show my age, but till Jimmy Carter put us out of business with his economic disaster. And from there, I went into large building maintenance, and I spent most of my career doing that. The only background I had with writing was reading books. I've been an avid reader since I was young. I love to read. I didn't start writing until I was in my 60s. Tell me about your reading habits. Did you read Westerns or all kinds of things? I read all kinds of things, but I always come back to Westerns. Westerns was my true love. Your little boys playing cowboys and Indians back in the 50s, that was me. Some of my earliest, fondest memories is sitting in front of the big Victrola radio in the living room of our farm and listening to Jimmy Stewart 30-minute episodes on the radio of his Westerns from the early 50s. What were some of your favorite Western authors? As I was growing up, Louis L'Amour and Zane Gray, those were two of my favorite. As I got older, Terry C. Johnston, his Titus Bass Mountain Man series, I still have those books sitting on my shelf behind me. I always go back to Louis L'Amour myself. 
He has his detractors, but I love Louis L'Amour. I think he's a terrific storyteller. Anybody who wants to nitpick the fact some of his plots are very much alike, I don't care. I can pick up a Louis L'Amour book at any time and get lost in the story. I totally agree. I think he was a fantastic storyteller. I can read the Sackett series over and over again, and I just don't get tired of it. Anytime I pick up a Louis L'Amour book, I know very well that I am going to enjoy it. And to me, that's the benchmark of a great author. Talk about the Sacketts. We have the monthly Six Gun Justice book club. And one of the things that we do is we read one classic Western and we read one of the books in order of the Sackett series. And the funny thing is, every month, whatever the Sackett book that we've read for that month, all of us start out saying, this is my favorite Sackett novel month after month, because they're all so good. I totally agree with that. I love the Sackett. The story of the westward advance of America, I fell in love with many years ago. One of the wonderful things about the Western genre I've been discovering doing the Six Gun Justice podcast is there are so many good Western writers out there, and I keep discovering new ones. There's just so much to read. You could never read all of the books that you would want to read by all of the great Western writers. It has a terrific tradition. It really does. One of the things I feel bad about, and I say feel bad strictly for myself, is since I started writing, I don't have the time to read near as much as I used to. I'd read 100 books a year in years past. Now I'm lucky to read 10. I am in somewhat of the same dilemma when I'm actually in the midst of writing a novel. Even when I was working full-time in my career, I would still be able to read a lot at night or at other times, like you, maybe 100 books a year or more. But when I'm writing, it seems to consume so much of my time, whether it's actually putting the words on paper or thinking about the plot or the characters and thinking about the next day's work. It becomes all-consuming. It really does. But that's one of the things that I enjoy about it so much at the same time. I enjoy the history of Western America. I just get lost in it. And to be able to create a character and put him in actual historical events and to actually have other people enjoy the stories that I've created has become really quite consuming in my life. The only regret that I have is I wish I could write much faster than I have the ability to do. You've written 12 books, though, in four years. That's a lot of books. I've been averaging about three books a year. I say I'm retired, but I really traded one full-time job for another, I believe. I no longer say I'm retired. I just tell people I'm in my third act, which means I get to do the things I want to do and can say no to the things I don't want to do. But I'm still just as busy. That's very well put. When did you first have an inkling that you wanted to start putting words on paper and tell stories? Was it something you made a conscious decision about, or did it just come about? I have to tell you the story. A friend and I were on a fishing trip, and as usual, I had a book sitting in the lawn chair by the campfire reading. And my friend happened to just ask the question. He says, have you ever thought about writing a book? I had never even considered it. I'd never thought about it. We got home from that week-long fishing trip, and I started thinking about it. In a month, I decided I wanted to try and see if it was possible, see if I could actually write one. Ninety days later, The Making of a Mountain Man was on paper.
No kidding, that quickly. It took me another three years to reread it and rewrite it about 20 times before I was ready to let someone else try to read it. Had you done any writing in your career, or was this just all new to you? Writing a novel was all new to me, and I'd go back all the way to high school. I had a few poems published in local publications, but that was the total extent of it. I'd not done anything since high school. Did you find storytelling to be instinctive? I do. My own experiences and the volumes I've read over 50 years, I find it very instinctive. One of the things I have an extremely hard time doing is trying to figure out a plot for a book before I start writing. I start writing, and and then it seems that the thoughts come to me, not the other way around. That's interesting. So you more or less fly by the seat of your pants. You start out with a character, and you put him into a situation, and you go from there. I do. And that character sometimes leads me in directions that I have absolutely no preconception of where we're going. When people tell you to write what you know, I've always found that lasted about 10 minutes for me. How much history do you have to read when you're into writing the book? Quite a bit. Thank goodness for the internet and Google. I can't even imagine what researching to make a book accurate would have been like before the internet. For me, it would have been an all-time-consuming endeavor, I'm afraid. I agree with you there. The problem is I keep going down internet rabbit holes, and I have to pull myself back and go just enough to put the information in the book and move the story along. I have found that same thing. If I get into an interesting article in doing research, because I love a history of the West so much that I find I'm reading things that is totally unrelated to the information I needed to finish a chapter out. Isn't that funny how that works? It really is. And it can drag out the writing process even more so than it already is. And it's not a fast process in the first place. With Grizzly Killer, The Making of a Mountain Man, I believe you self-published that in the very beginning. Is that correct? I did. The very first volume, I self-published through a company called Ex Libris. And the only reason is I had absolutely no concept how to do anything else. I had never been around the publishing world. I'd never been in the writing world. And I had absolutely no idea how to go about getting published. And that was just an easy way to get my first book on paper. And how did you come to the attention of Wolfpack Publishing? Actually, on the internet again. I wasn't pleased with my experience with that first book. I was looking for other alternatives and read an article by Larry Martin about the forming of Wolfpack. At the same time, I read another article that recommended to look at the Amazon bestsellers in your genre and look at the publishers on that bestsellers list. I did that. And in the Western genre, Wolfpack Publishing had over 50% of the titles on the Amazon Top 100 list. I thought it was unbelievable. So when I got Volume 2 ready to go, I sent it to Wolfpack. And a couple of months later, Rachel Del Grosso sent me a note back saying they would publish my work if they could publish my first one as well. And I was tickled to death. That's always a wonderful feeling. It is. And I feel very fortunate. I read things of struggling authors trying to get started all the time and how many letters of rejection they go through. I was lucky. I feel very fortunate. Wolfpack accepted me, and I enjoyed the success with Wolfpack that I have. 
They've done a terrific job branding your covers, but none of that really means anything if the writing isn't strong enough and you've clearly developed a loyal following of readers for the writing. I have. I feel very fortunate that I created a character which seems to have worldwide recognition now. I I just, I, I feel humble. I'm blessed. Your grizzly killer character, where did that bloom from in your imagination? With the hope of not sounding terrible, I just pictured myself in a camping situation. And as I wrote that first book, I just started writing what it would be like for me to be there and for me to be doing the things that would have to be done in order to survive. And that's where it bloomed from. You also have expanded out to one standalone novel, Trail of the Vanished, which has a very different premise than Grizzly Killer in some ways. As I said earlier, it's a mashup of wilderness survival genre and time travel. Tell me about that. I just wanted to do something a little bit different, but yet as I got into the time travel aspect of the book, I ended up going back to the time period that I love and that I feel like I'm most knowledgeable about in order to make that book actually work. At this point in time as well, I'm trying to expand out into moving the westward America. I'm trying to move forward in time a little bit. Besides the Grizzly Killer series, I have written another novel that we haven't published as of yet that I want to get started on another series. The premise of the book is about a young man that gets married in Missouri and they come west with a wagon train in the 1850s. And the wagon train gets wiped out by Indians, and they end up alone, and they make it to Fort Laramie. Through the course of the book, he becomes the frontier scout for the cavalry out of Fort Laramie in 57. I hope to be able to turn that story into a series of books as well. But as long as the Grizzly Killer series is as popular as it is, as long as it's in demand, that is taking all of my time. And it certainly doesn't show any signs of slowing down. Your latest book in the Grizzly Killer series was released in January and is already moving up to the tops of the bestseller list. Yeah. With each one of the Grizzly Killer books, they've reached the number one bestseller in the Western genre extremely rapidly. This one was there the first day it was released and stayed there for a full week, which I felt was pretty amazing. That's fantastic and a real tribute to the character and your storytelling abilities. Thank you. What's in store for The Grizzly Killer next? I am about 21,000 words into another story, and I've moved the character up into the mid-1830s. We're still a few years prior to the big wagon trains starting to move across the Oregon Trail, but getting more and more people coming west. This book that I'm working on now is going to be a little bit more interaction with settlers trying to move into the western part of the country. Do you have a timeline in your head for where the series is going, or do you just take that by the seat of your pants and see where it goes? I'm just taking it by the seat of my pants and see where it goes. I think I've left it open where there's other characters in the books that we can do spinoffs from. There's Grizzly Killer's family itself, his sons and daughters. I believe I could take it clear up past the Civil War if I want to continue the series that far. A real dynasty in the making. I would like to think so. With the Grizzly Killer series going on one side, the upcoming Frontier Scout series, 
Do you have ideas for any further standalones like Trail of the Vanished? I really haven't had the time to consider anything else. I've thought of a few things. I think there's a lot of stories out there to be told. I go back to something that I read once that Louis L'Amour said. There are only so many stories out there, and it's the author's job to create the characters or mold the characters to fit the stories. And the more I get into trying to come up with the stories, I really believe he had a lot of wisdom in those words. But a good author will take those same stories and tell them in such a fashion that they feel fresh and new. That is very true. And I think that is a challenge for all authors, especially those of us that are writing series of books, to keep the stories fresh and not feel like they're being repeated. Lane, I really appreciate you being with us today. Thanks for taking time out of your busy writing schedule to chat. And I look forward to reading more of the Grizzly Killer books and your Frontier Scout book. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the Six Gun Justice website at sixgunjustice.com for information on prior Six Gun Justice conversations, Six Gun Justice speed listens, and full-length episodes of the Six Gun Justice podcast, along with regularly updated book reviews, articles, and interviews covering all aspects of the Western genre. Until next time, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and keep your masks up. Adios. We're out of here. Let's ride.